Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds and we actually don't do that anymore. So hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we tell stories and talk about world building. I'm Jordan. I'm I'm Cody. I'm still Cody. <laughs> still. Yeah, I know, but you still Cody. It's part of the intro. Anyways, Cody, how are you doing? What's wrong with what was wrong with how I introduced you? Got I'm problems? Still Cody. Still Cody. <laughs> You know, I didn't make fun of you just completely ruining the intro this time, and you just got to... Can you go? Can, so how I'm are you uncomfortable doing, with the energy how are you, already. How are you doing, Cody? You're uncomfortable because you're sitting here before we start. It's like, oh, I have new ways to annoy you. I've been trying to annoy you for the last 10 years. <laughs> 12 and years. That's why the energy is off, because you were talking about how you're just going to make my life more miserable. Do you... Yeah, now I, mean, you get I was why talking I'm about how I have done that already. Anyways, Cody, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm Great. doing all right. What, what, what have you been? Wait, I want to complain been? about something to you on air, though, real quick. How, no, are, you? You, wait, no, how are you? Why didn't you do it? Why didn't you do that? Just, for, the, for the last like hour we were talking, why didn't you just do it then? Yeah, I know, but I want to do this on air, so how are okay, you doing? I, I'm doing fine. You already okay, know yeah, how Okay, yeah, that I'm really doing. wasn't. I was just asking so we get to get to the next one. Just do your thing. So something you do sometimes with this podcast is you have your friends listen to it, and then... Get them to tell you that I suck. And yeah, because your unfair. friends literally don't listen to the podcast. My friends do it naturally. I don't get them to do anything. They just do because they feels care like about you're me. leading the witness. You know, it feels like a plant. I feel like anyways. Is that is that the thing you need to complain about, or is there anything else? Look. I just want everyone listening to this right now. If you like Jordan more than me, what I'm going to need you to do is stop listening. Watch our <laughs> account go to zero. <laughs> yeah, then we get zero listeners. Perfect. Great. Lovely. Diana's Love sitting it. here like, uh, it really depends uh, on the day. <laughs> uh, uh, crap. What do I do? I don't like Jordan, but I also don't like Cody. <laughs> I had to cook her food without any onions in it recently, so maybe I'm winning for like the next two weeks. <laughs> oh yeah, I've never cooked her food, so I really need to. I really need to get on that. <sighs> Crap, gotta win your friends with them. Um, also, there's a lot of meals you can make without onions. Why was that a struggle to you? It's not so much that it's a struggle; it's that you forget what does have onions. Like when I was gonna cook something that had beef stock in it, and I was like, "Oh, I can't." Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to get like this random keto powder because just make it doesn't your have own beef stock. I. Okay, so I messed up actually on one meal and gave her stuff that had a little bit of onion in it because I made my and own Diana's stock dead with now. onions. <laughs> She's dead. Uh, and it was like frozen. It was like I made it forever ago, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I put a little bit of stock in." And then I was like, "Shoot, I gave you onions accidentally." But it was such a small. She was fine. She didn't even notice. Um. Anyways, Cody, what have you been into recently? All right, what I have been doing recently because there is something is a uh, satisfactory. Oh, okay, satisfactory. Well, that and satisfactory. <laughs> what about um, satisfactory? Yeah. Um. So as my friend Ryan, who's been on the show before, Ryan has also been playing satisfactory. Yeah, you shouldn't. the The secret is <laughs> don't play satisfactory. It is a game that eats your life and oh, takes that, okay. a long time. Yeah. It also is, and I feel like you'd probably have a similar issue with this, where it's like, my career is in automation and like industrial automation and programming, yeah. and I'm playing a game of Industrial of automation that. and programming, yes. Like, I sure have worked on optimizing conveyor systems before. That's unfortunate. Here we go. <laughs> Just optimizing conveyor systems. Like, you know it's bad when you're, like, in your head going, like, I could do this better if I was not in the environment of the game. Like, I could 
mm-hmm. figure this out better with like minecraft i want there to be more functions program because and do functions and stuff just play minecraft well minecraft though the automation stuff in it is so there's like snapshots of it being good but you go and try to find him and you have to like backdate minecraft and oh yeah you know okay cody really quick i'm gonna complain about this on air stop hitting your mic for the love of oh, God, stop fair. hitting your mic. <laughs> I can't hear it when I do it because I don't hear yeah, myself. So I, can't I can tell hear it. And you can also just feel it. You can feel it when you slap the crap out of your mic for no reason. I <laughs> I understand you're saying I can feel it, but I didn't know I had done it this recording at all. You did it like three times already. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I was like, I don't want to do the extra work making this sound good. Uh, anyways Wait, can I, I tell you something random because yeah. i can see my own reflection right now yeah, why? did you know that there's like a a thing where you like don't put your hat on your head yeah. you just like put it yeah, on you, top you, you you set it on top and just let it rest rather than like putting it all the way down yep do i look cool man no cuddy anything else? so you've been playing satisfactory is there anything else Stop, no, stop and, and understand you know how like that sounds sad that there's nothing else but satisfactory there's nothing else but satisfactory. I work and I play satisfactory. <laughs> I mean, oh, I made a really good turkey. Oh man, I made a great turkey. How was your holiday? Yeah, I parted up a turkey this time. I cooked it in all of its like constituent constituent bits. That's the move. That right there. Like, look, I love. In my head, I think I'm cooking Thanksgiving. All right, boom. Norman Rockwell turkey. It's not worth it. It's the thighs are always going to be weird. All right. I was thinking of a joke about weird thighs, but I I lost it. I'm sorry. My point here (laughs) is, so the thing with thighs, if you cook a turkey normal, the thighs don't get enough heat. Um, So if you cook it till the breast is done, then the thighs are underdone and they end up slimy. They're not, they're safe to eat. Yeah. But like thighs, like a pork shoulder, you have to render a lot of fat out of. You have to break down connective tissue or they end up slimy and gross instead of moist and delicious. So I cut the spine out. I cut the ribs out. For the most part. So the uh, breasts were just on the breastbone. The thigh and the legs were together. And I had them. So like basically, well, on the legs, the the wings were off too, right? Yeah. So this was like, it's like five pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Two wings, two thighs, thigh and legs, and then the the breast. Um, And then I was watching this video where a guy was talking about like, the reason you cook to 165 is 165 is a temperature at which, is at which salmonella instantly dies. But... If you cook it to 150 and hold it at 150 for three minutes, that does the same amount to kill salmonella. So I pulled that turkey early, and it was delicious. Good. Also, I did a dry brine, the whole thing. Oh, you did oh, a dry brine. Good. Interesting. Of course. Of course. That's, that's nice. I, uh, like, see, that's the thing. I wish I could do a Thanksgiving with you one year because I feel like you go above and beyond with your food. I'm like, that's what I, I, think, that's what I you miss. know. Do you want to know my spicy hot take? Yeah, well, that's the bare minimum. Like anyone I mean, else who's not, I'm doing not the saying, steps that I'm, I'm I just not listed. saying that my family doesn't because like I come from a family, like, especially my mom, like cooks a lot. So like, that's something I've had, but I, I, I would like to have a friend's giving where a friend goes above and beyond with a turkey. I, first of all, have rarely done a friend's giving. Second of all, um, yeah, just, you know, I would like to, I'm saying I want you to cook around me and we can cook together more because last time we did that, it was very fun. It was very fun. I had a good time. Yeah. We could cook a turkey next time you decide to visit. <laughs> it's not gonna be for a while i plan to stay <laughs> out of the that area sorry space the midwest i plan to stay out of that area as much as humanly possible 
<laughs> but um, so on my end, so first my Thanksgiving, I spent it in a country that doesn't celebrate um that holiday. Um, so for my Thanksgiving meal, what we ended up doing is I got yaki udon, um, some gyoza and takoyaki, and um, some sapporo beer because we went to an Asian restaurant and just hung out for the night. So um, it was great actually. The um yaki udon was fantastic, and it was good to be there with um, a friend that I basically consider family. So it was nice yeah i mean that does not sound like a bad meal no, for thanksgiving it was, it was, it was really you know? fun yeah but they we walked around the city that i was in don't know if i want to blow up my own spot but we walked around the city i was in um went to like some really cool exhibits at the museum and then we went to that restaurant and spread it ways because that was the last day i was in that country and then i read manga for the rest of the night it was a nice. It was. A I re- didn't know that was the. I didn't know that was the day. The last day you were there. Yeah, yeah. Because I. Well, yeah. Then I, I headed home early Friday and got back at uh, Friday. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, I I left at eleven on Friday. Got back at three on Friday. And it was like a ten hour flight. <laughs> oh man, that flight was brutal. But uh, yeah, um, is it only ten hours? Um, well, it was probably a little bit more than that. But yeah, it's it's not bad. Cause the I thought fl- it was a lot more. So, so I when it was I, like twenties. So, so no, 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 not at all. So when I fl- so when I went there, I flew from here to Boston, then Boston there, and then the flight from Boston to there was only six hours. Is it that little? Yeah, it's that little. Wow, I thought it was way more. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because like I mean, well, the when I went to Japan for the my layover that one time, that was like a twelve hour, like twelve, thirteen hour flight. For some reason, I thought these flights were like upwards of 20 hours. I think that, you know, what it is, is I grew up not flying anywhere. Like Uh, we drove everywhere. And now every time I hear someone complain about a flight's like duration, I'm like, get over it. (laughs) Like, uh, it's not bad. (laughs) It's calm down. Not bad. I mean, yeah, I think the longest domestic flight I think we found was like six hours from like, I think it's like California to Maine is like six hours. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. um, But yeah, yeah, I think I flew to California and I think it was probably four or five. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, from me to Boston was about four hours, like 350. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, um, I went on a vacation overseas, it was really fun. Um, that city is so expensive, um, so yeah, very, very expensive, (laughs) but um, other than that, so you know, I, I know you, you at times, uh, poke fun about where I live, but there is an advantage the to living, living someplace that is very low <laughs> and i miss living in that like total area because like my rent was um a third of what i pay now yeah i was gonna say especially when you start getting like because everyone's like oh eggs are more expensive oh gas it's like well whatever i don't actually spend that much on that stuff what it is is your your mortgage or your rent is my, yeah my, my rent is about triple um yeah but yeah so yeah. what i've been doing is so when i was in so so I, I reread the manga Fire Punch because like I I this is one because it's the same guy who wrote Chainsaw Man and so I reread Fire Punch and there are some things that stood out to me the second read through um and <laughs> like like negative things which was which was fine but like the one thing that does stand out to me but as one of the huge positives is it's one of the like better portrayals of a trans character in all of manga and i just really enjoy reading that character because one they're a chaos goblin so it's very funny to see this character in a story and two is just like the conversation they have like when the other character finds out they are a trans man is a very like 
interesting. It's it's, it's interesting because it's a realistic conversation. The feelings that happen in it are very realistic, and it's like, and I and I appreciate that. But yeah, there are some other things in that manga that are a little weird. But um, so yeah, reread that, and then I've been playing um, Persona Five on my Switch. It's fine. <laughs> um, Everyone I've ever heard talk about Persona Five is like it is the greatest, but it's also a an hundred hour created. game, and I do not have a hundred hours to play a game right now. So like, I played it on the plane, I played it in London, I like played it here and there when I was back, like when I was getting over my jet lag. Yeah, like I haven't played it since because it's a long game, but I, I like it. I like that it's very anime. I like that it's like the character. Like it feels like you're playing an anime, and I think that's really cool. Like like they're building the story like you would be watching an anime. Like I play like the first little arc of it. It's it's, it's very cool. It's turn based fighting, which like being in a hundred hour game, that's going to wear on my nerves a little bit. But, like, for now, it's been – like, if I play it in phases and I don't try to, like, do it in one sitting, that's probably going to be fine. But, like, in a 100-hour game, doing a, like, turn-based system that whole entire time, that's going to get frustrating. The thing that I don't – I don't know. This maybe is, like – I don't know if this is really an example of what I'm talking about, but I think it maybe is – so, you know, have you ever heard that the, the, I did not come up with this, by the way. I watch nerds on YouTube, so I'm not trying to claim credit and use a fancy word. But have you ever heard the, like, term ludonarrative dissonance? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I think the, the example I heard about this was... Um, really quick, do you want to explain what that means for the audience? Like, because I was like... Yeah, that, I that's know what I'm doing and I also right now. No, I will not be able to explain it well. So, yeah, can you do it? <laughs> um, so, what was the game where... Oh, gosh, it's about the zombies. The Last and, of Us 2, the one I was recently playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard someone bring that up as an example of this, where the mechanics of the game conflict with the theming of the game. Yeah. So like the it's theming like, hey, of the game. Stop killing people, and they're like, murder everybody. Yeah, and then it's like you're going through like doing a Doom level, you know? And like to me, it's like Doom is a game that does not have this. The game is isn't violence awesome, and then you play the game, and you're like, yeah. I choose violence. Yeah, the, you know? this game is like violence is bad, but then it does let you blow someone's head off of a shotgun. Um, and it kind of feels good when you do. Yeah, yeah like you know, it, you yeah. hit that groove of like, yeah, yeah. Like when I was murder, recently you know? playing through so. it again, like I told you, I turned resources all the way up, so I constantly had ammo, and I was just running through people, and it's a good feeling just to like. Pop, 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 bam, bam, choo, choo, like throwing grenades and stuff, laying down trip by. It's like stabbing people with machetes and stuff. Like that feels great, but then they're like, violence is bad. And this cycle of violence and revenge will destroy people. It's like, no, I'm going to kill her and I'm going to kill her entire family. And I'm going to kill all of her friends. This <laughs> is like violence. And you're is like, bad. over here, like, cycle of violence is seeming pretty good. Yeah, you know, it feels so great. That, that is their blood. <laughs> That is what I understand to mean to be the issue with to be ludo narrative dissonance, yeah. right? Is that that conflicts? That's kind of how I feel. I think with turn based games, where like, especially in an and they're really common with like JRPGs, yeah. right? That's like, and it's like always these games are really like big. Are always going to be um turn based, like Final Fantasy. Yeah, there was like these bombastic games, like in terms of theming and yeah, like the, the visuals the game, and what's you going end up on. Killing a god for a lot of Final Fantasy. Yeah, stuff, it's like this is. Like, this is yeah cosmic level stuff and it looks it's like it's like imagine if you were playing a gundam game and it was turn-based it's like what's the point <laughs> of having a gundam <laughs> like there was a turn-based gundam game back in the day it's it like what are we doing because 
<laughs> like, I could see it if you were, like, because to me, like, a turn-based game can work on something where it's, like, the, like, societal level, like, Civ games, but more complicated because they're about, like, military logistics. And it's, like, who you're making alliances with over the course yeah. of thousands of years. Like, sure, those can be turn-based. But when it's, like, I am a pilot in a Gundam, and then it's, like, all right, now hold still. And then click A once every five minutes. I'm like, no, no. Well, I want to be like moving, you yeah. know? I want this to feel like Armor Core. You know, I, I, I mean, that's the thing. I get it and I understand. And like, but JRPGs and turn base was like a heavy portion of like my childhood, like Pokemon, like Final Fantasy. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of other games. Oh, Advanced Wars was turn based, like Fire Emblem's turn base. Yeah, it's just like that. That was like I tried with em Fire Emblem recently. What man. three? Did you try to it. play Three Houses? I don't remember which. Is that one. the Switch one? One of the Fire Emblems, like the most recent Switch one. I, it was not the okay. Switch one. It was not the most. I was recent. like, it was, was it the Switch one? one? And you gave me a face and shrugged. That I was like, I think you would know what system you played it on. I was not holding a <laughs> Switch when I played it. See, the thing is, no, I can't say. I can't. I'm not going to say this on air. There's a reason I didn't know. <laughs> So I've been playing turn-based for a lot of my life, so that's like like it feels natural almost um, when I play it. But it's also like there's a point in every like Final Fantasy, every Pokemon, every like um, every turn-based game where it's just like I would rather be doing a more action-based fighting system and like they fixed that over the years of final fantasy where it is more action-based like the most recent final fantasy 7 is very fast moving they still kind of have it turn-based e with like some of your moves like you have a cooldown timer that's how they fix that problem but like some of these older games like there's other games that i want to like go back and play like i do want to go back and play persona 3 because i um like, that was a game that I skipped over in the PlayStation 2 era. But I'm like, again, like, 60 to 100-hour game, and it's all turn-based. Like, you're going to lose me about halfway through that. Like, I remember when I played Final... Even Final Fantasy XII, which was another one where they kind of fixed a system where, like, you could still move around and, like, do stuff, and it was more action-based. Like, that... There was this portion because every final fantasy game has to do this where you have to climb up a freaking tower close to the end and it's like the same same types of levels like on and on and on and it's like this is boring i don't want to be doing this but i'm climbing up this damn tower <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's like it, it lost me and i stopped playing it for months and then went back beat the tower it's like oh the last boss is right after this crap <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but now it doesn't feel Same. like it's in time and that doesn't work with humor, but I don't care making the joke anyways. Jordan, were you running up that hill? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I just scared the crap out of my cat with that. Um, and then the last thing I've been doing, and we're, I'm just going to mention it, you're going to make fun of me, then we're going to get to the show, is I uh, just finished the second season of Warrior Nun, and for what that show is, like, it's surprisingly good. <laughs> No, it's not. For, for, <laughs> no, it's not. I, I really liked Warrior Nun. I thought, like, for the, such a hokey what? setting, like, it's... Yeah, you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> Don't say... I, Are you serious? You can't tell me that I didn't like something when I just said I did? You don't get to decide I that. I can't tell you what you do and don't like. I'm telling you, that, that show's terrible. <laughs> just tell me what I don't like. <laughs> show was hot garbage. I got three seconds into that and was like, God, nope. I hate when you do it every time you're like, oh, I watched 50 <laughs> seconds and the whole thing was crap. And it's like, watch more than Form an Opinion. You can't just watch five seconds and be like, oh, it's bad. 
that's not how this works. <laughs> Let me tell you what. That works 100% of the time. You don't ever go back and revisit your opinions. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay, Cody, we're getting to the show. We're doing stories again. We did stories last week, I think, so I don't have to recap. Um, go ahead and roll for initiative. I think I'm going to so go So my first. cat keeps taking my dice and throwing them all over the apartment, so I don't know if I can find a D20 right now. Give me a second. I had to do yeah, like, yeah, yeah, scan. Oh, my gosh. I'm only fighting D12s. Are you kidding me? Yeah, if you're going first. <laughs> I don't even have to read what, my score. Well, I rolled roll? a four, bro. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I rolled more than what that. What did you roll? <laughs> 19. Yes. Like, as soon as you said I'm going first, like, if I don't roll over a 10, I know he's going first. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes I do it just to psych you. Yeah, you, you know. don't, though. <laughs> you, no, I don't. You, you just lied. You just lied to everybody for no, for no reason. Okay, real quick, Jordan. I think I need I need a, I need a group input on this. What's, what's good reading music? Um... I've been listening to like art pop. Listening to Flock of Seagulls right now. I've been listening to art pop recently, so I don't really have a good opinion. What is art pop? Um, listen to Aurora. Um, yeah, Aurora is great. <laughs> oh, this is this is this is the kind of music my brother would probably. Is this is a, is this is a genre, right? Art pop. Yeah, yeah. Art pop is absolutely a genre. But yeah, no. Listen to Aurora. Aurora is basically art pop. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's the. I'm just I'm asking because Lady Gaga has a song called Art Pop. Pop, Yeah, Yeah, but yeah, Aurora. Yeah, just listen to the singer Aurora. That is Art Pop. You will know exactly what it means. Is it A U slash R A? No, it's A. It's spelled how you spell Aurora. A U R O R A. Aurora. I I can't. A U R O R A. I love how half the show is just me being like, listen to this thing that you're probably oh. not gonna like. <laughs> yeah, okay, I've listened. To yeah, it. Yeah, no, yeah, art pop. I, I've been listening to a lot of art pop, pop and punk, which is a weird combination. <laughs> and now Cody's just staring blankly. I uh, I'm good at staring blankly. All right, what it is is I'm trying to remember what tab my story is. Jeez. Oh, All right, there we go. Found it. Nightmares exist in reality. Okay, so. A couple things real quick, a couple of uh, reader's notes. I'm getting over a cold, yeah. so I might have to like take some pauses in that I'm coughing right now. So just a warning on that. Um, I don't think I don't think I need to preface anything. You ready, you ready to go, Jordan? Yep. This music you suggested is terrible for this, by the way. <laughs> oh, for this? I thought you just meant it terrible in general. Like, you listen to five... No, I like it. It's not <laughs> yeah, good reading yeah. um, music. Listen to acid jazz, then. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I love how multiple times for your story I've suggested acid jazz. You're like, yeah, that's a good suggestion. I should have just started with acid jazz. Now, look, I think a couple of times you're like, you should listen to acid jazz, and I'm like, I am already listening. <laughs> yeah, but actually, it's like I, I was listening to acid jazz. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. So we're just walking to hell. Yes. Obviously. The group of us walking through the wood was just confusing to look at. Leading the group was Leonard in his big hat and coat, like a walking grumpy square. The biting cold did not seem to bother him much. He just stumped on like he knew where he was going, which I would really love to know how he knew where he was going. And then being drugged behind him on a chain was a very beat up herb, barefoot, in a tailored suit. Nick and I walked side by side, me in some borrowed winter cl- borrowed winter clothes from Rachel 
and Nick was wearing ripped up black jeans and a t-shirt with some kind of blood lake on it and a blood guy on the front. I've given up on trying to keep track of what his shirts actually mean. <laughs> Behind us, Rachel was dragging Bruce along as he ran back and forth, sniffing most everything and playing fetch with everything else. It makes so much less sense when you two agree, honestly. Liv, hon, you're just gonna have to learn not to argue with them when they get like this. But we're in the woods. This doesn't... How does this make any sense? Why would this lead to hell? I sailed to my hell. It's not that weird. Yeah, not helpful, Nick. So, okay, walk me through this. If we what? If we just walk north long enough in this wood, we will find an underground passage to the city. <sighs> you know, I know this is tough for you, sugar, but just try to not be an idiot. Leonard gave Herb a sharp jab in the solar plexus with the butt of his rifle. Ow, hey, easy on... E easy, old timer. I still have to look presentable, and I'm already down one eye. What Herb here is trying to point out is that you did walk to Bolivia, so yeah, there's a connection. All these places are linked. It's just a matter of finding a right path through the unknown. So you have to steer towards how hell feels in the wood where you are. Turn towards anxiety, toward grim brutality, turn towards work and constant misery. That's how you find hell. Then we just have to make sure that we find a path that leads towards impersonal dehumanization, and we'll probably find the city. What does that mean, Leonard? We're walking in a metaphor, Liv. You're a demon. You're going to have to get used to a certain kind of creative application of logic. I sailed toward my inner fire. You both sound like idiots. When I walked here, I just followed the most boring paths. To be fair, I found a tower of a bunch of wizards of something called philosophical magic. That I found first and was actually far more terrible than your little shit splat town. Hey, I know those guys, too. They, uh, say something, you know, the form of a wagon is magic, is the magic essence of a horse divided by the spirit of a horse and powered by the ingenuity of man or some such nonsense. They are a tedious group. <laughs> Maybe we could be friends after all, Leonard. Leonard cracked the butt of his little rifle into Herb's solar plexus again. Oh, again? Could you stop? As the day drug on, it seemed more hellish, to be fair, in the forest. We kept having to walk through frozen over mud that threatened to seep into our boots. Burrs clung to every soft part of our clothes. The sun burned our eyes as it reflected off the snow, making us feel at once overheated and freezing at the same time. For some reason, we kept having to push through bushes long empty of berries but still coated in thorns. Soon, the oaks and maples and birches and beech were replaced with alien-looking Osage orange and black locusts. Leonard harumphed up ahead. I know we're getting close to a darn hell when I hit the multifloral rose bushes again. I had no idea what that meant, but I found myself walking alone, feeling sick with anxiety about what we were doing. Nick was trying to help clear a path. Uh, the forest was hateful and... F oh, the hateful forest made me feel like I was... Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. One more time. <laughs> I just Page like break. the forest my was bad. hateful. Like, how do you have a hateful forest? It's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, no, it's actually a huge bigot and hates uh, all races. 
The hateful forest kept making me feel that this was only going to get worse. That is a hard sentence to read over a page Well, now do it again because you ruined it by saying that. The hateful forest made me certain that things were going to keep getting worse. <laughs> Continue your story. <laughs> you don't have to stop Liv? I want to continue, but you're interrupting me, which is rude. Liv, can I talk to you about something? Rachel and I held back from Leonard and Nick as they worked on clearing a path. What, Rachel? You gonna give me some kind of pep talk to help me find my way through the forest metaphor of my past or something? Well... When you put it like that, literally, yes, but you don't have to be a smart ass for like one second, okay? Like, I like you, but you make it a pain sometimes, so for like two second, two second break from being a demonic level, from demonic level evasions. Whoops. Sorry. Highlighted text in the wrong color. Are you going to be going, are you going to be okay going back to the city? Because... Probably we could handle it if you just stayed. It's an option for you to stay behind. Why? Because you're worried I'm going to flip? Jesus, you and Leonard and fucking Nick, all of you just assume that I'm going to go full evil, huh? I'm kind of getting sick of this, actually. No, I don't want to be the devil of the city. I just want to be left alone. And I don't know, maybe find a way to be okay living with myself after finding out who I am. Is that actually too much? Or, or are you just going to need to keep railing me on this? Oh, yeah, keep railing her, all right. Okay, you know what, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> I realized it as soon as I read it, too. I was like, this is crap Yeah, also, Anyways. they belong to the city. <laughs> That's not funny now because I know yeah, what you're referencing. Right. It's real sad. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> Rachel just waited. She didn't talk. She just stared, which eventually actually made me more mad somehow. But finally, she spoke in a totally flat voice. So are you done? What are you talking about? Are you done with that really excellent monologue? Yeah, sure, I guess I'm done. Rachel sighed and pulled me into a tight hug. She seemed like she was almost crying. It felt weird and awkward. Okay, okay, we can stop, please. I get it. You know, you really are dumb sometimes. I'm not worried about you being the devil. Frankly, you would probably be... A good devil, as far as being a devil goes. I'm worried about you facing that place again. I'm worried you're maybe not going to be ready to face your demons from your past. And yes, that was kind of an intentional pun. So what I'm actually worried about is that you're going to fall to pieces or fall back into hating yourself. Hey, I don't fucking hate myself. Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe you don't now. But I'm going to assume when you start having to see what you did in your old home, you're going to... Have to come face to face with what you did with your old job. That might start to creep in a little bit, you know? Whatever. It's not like you guys can go alone anyways. You definitely need me. Ah, honestly, we could use you at best, but we certainly don't need you for this. What? You would die without me? Well, first of all, we're probably going to die with you or without you, hun. It's not lost on me that things might get pretty rough here soon, Liv. But, you know... Sorry, wow. Another page break. But, you know, Leonard dumped you on my doorstep with no warning and assumed I could handle you. And does he really strike you as a fool? There's a reason me and Bruce are here is what I'm saying. So what, you just think you could take the devil alone? Well, 
We both look down at Bruce, who's happily chewing on a log and wagging his big fluffy tail. I'm just saying there's a reason that the town is still standing. As much as Leonard is getting older and he's just a guy, he kept Bully via standing for like 70 years. So yeah, we could probably go alone and kill the devil and crush the city, or you can come and help us. But if you end up down there, Liv, you're going to have to understand what that means. Yeah, 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 facing my demons. I get it. Now, now, don't scoff. We're walking through a metaphor right now. These things have some kind of cosmic symmetry. I think you deserve to have... Uh... <laughs> oh, sorry. I think you deserve to have a new life and leave the old one behind. Everyone in Bolivia is given that chance. But if you choose to own your past, it's going to hurt. She put a hand on my shoulder and squeezed. Killing the devil's going to be the easy part, Liv. For you anyways, I'm sure that's going to be the easy part. The day was growing dark and cold. Somehow the gusting wind felt like a liquid creeping in through my... Sorry. Oh, sorry. Gosh, I, I like, wrote the sentence right and then I read it. So and everybody like, from I got the live show can see what I'm saying about you messing up all the time. Because everybody thought I was just like giving you Look, a hard time. But no, this is, this is what <laughs> happens, guys. In this case, I actually wrote the sentence right, and then I, <laughs> I convinced really myself to vindicate I myself because you read your story for the live show perfectly, and like I looked like a jerk calling you out pre previously, and then like doing the same mistakes myself, and then like now people get to see what I see because I edit this part out usually. Now I'm leaving the sentence. Screw you. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> the gray. I messed up again. <laughs> the day. Shut up, George! I'm trying! <laughs> the day was growing dark and cold. Somehow the gusting wind felt like a liquid creeping in through my hand-me-down jacket. But we kept pressing on. Every step was frozen torture. My toes felt numb, and my fingers felt like they were starting to swell. If they warmed up just a little bit, then they started feeling like they were full of pins and needles, which was great. The cold made me ache. Everyone had scratches and a few bruises from tripping on thorns or dropped branches. There was mud caked on all of us, but finally we pushed into a clearing just big enough for us to set up a few tents. Nick piled up some dead branches and clicked his fingers into the, and cr clicked his fingers starting a fire. We all sat in silence, tired and worn down from the day. I guess this is kind of how going to hell feels. I was starting to understand what this whole metaphor thing meant. The fire was burning down. Leonard had tied the demon to a tree and scuttled into his own sleeping bag. Rachel fell asleep on Bruce, huddled close to the fire. I found a seat on the edge of camp and just sat on an old stump. I was miserable now, but I was pretty sure that Rachel was right and tomorrow was going to be much and tomorrow was going to be much worse. I heard footsteps behind me and grinned in spite of myself. Are you going to offer to keep me warm cuz I don't think I actually can die from the cold? I don't believe you know that for sure and probably better to not risk it. Nick plopped down uh, on a log in the corner of my eyes. He grinned and exhaled warmth that curled around me. All jokes aside, I can keep people warm at about eh, five yards while I sleep, so don't sleep all the way out here. You'll be fine. Wow, he decides to be a gentleman finally. I'm shocked and almost a bit pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I don't think the title applies to a soulless metalhead. At best, I'm a decent person, but... Given everything about me, I'm pretty sure that's even a stretch. I turned towards I turned towards him and leaned forward. I was expecting the usual playful Nick. Instead, he seemed more solemn than usual. Hmm, I think I got you beat on that front, actually. All a matter of perspective, love. Leonard is more bothered by my tattoos than my soullessness. Well, kinda. He 
He understands that I sold my soul. He does not get why I got tattoos. Honestly, I don't either. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't understand why I sold my soul? No, I don't get the whole body mod thing at all. But I think that might have more to do with the hell that I escaped from. Nick didn't answer. He just stood close by, arms crossed, breathing out heat. I felt my numb fingers and toes tingling, and I started to worry a bit. Oh, come on. Tattoo guys love to brag about them, so tell me about the tattoos. He smiled and walked a little bit closer, but that smile was still guarded, guarded, and it didn't seem to reach his eyes. Do you want the whole truth of it, Liv? He was standing close now, his face still that cold mask. Sure. I said it with a certain amount of apprehension. I didn't feel threatened, just tense. Most of them don't mean a thing. I was young and I was trying to show off, so I got flames and devil heads and yeah, a few ill-advised pinup girls that occasionally seem tacky now. I snorted. That does actually sound exactly like you. It does, doesn't it? That's how I seem. That's how I like to seem, Liv. It suits me. But he is the one that matters. He rolled over his arm, covered in snakes and guns and knives, and yes, a few scantily clad women. Which of the naked ladies matters? Nick's face didn't Nick's face didn't change. He just stared and pointed at a tiny black symbol on his wrist. It was faded and overlapped with other tattoos. But it was a okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up. And my wife can hear me and she's gonna make fun of me. It was a Melponin? Melpomene! Gosh dang it! It was a Melpomene mask, uh, and behind it a musical note. Do you know what a Melpomene mask is? Yeah, yeah, it's the sad theater mask. I had to Google that because I wrote the, sad the, the theater mask, that, and I was like, like, "Mandy turned around is what gave it away." This <laughs> is like, well, so I wrote, I wrote it sad like, theater mask, and it. I was like, "That has yeah, to that, have a name." That, that whole thing, yeah, <laughs> it's hexadecimals mask. Yes, Mel Mel Parmini. from 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 yes, Reboot. yes, bring it in full circle. Well, I think she has both because yeah, then she again, has the smiling one and the sad one. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> My wife's a theater person, so she knows about these things. Anyways, so Mel Palm it was a Mel Palmini mask, uh, behind it a musical note. I never wrote a song I liked, Liv. Never a single performance that I felt good about. Nothing ever landed, Liv. It was torture and I hated it. I practiced, I wrote, I rewrote, I performed, and sure, I even had an amount of fame, not to brag. But who cares it was all trash. And just because people couldn't see that, that didn't matter to me. I'm sure you were not terrible, Nick. Do you know what I do remember, though? I when, From having a soul? I remember how much I hated that. I hated the praise, and it was false. But the only thing I hated more than praise was idiotic critics that didn't get my music. I needed everyone to hear me. I needed everyone to see me perform, and then I hated them for it. Nick, why did you actually sell your soul? I can't feel... Why I did it anymore, Liv, I can remember, but you know what really hangs on my mind more than why I sold my soul? Why'd the demon buy it? I'm sure he turned down other offers, refused to buy someone's soul, so what about mine made it... Well, I'll find out eventually. So is that what you lost when you sold your soul, you just can't do music anymore? It's not that I can't, it's that I don't want to. I lost a certain essential humanity, I think Leonard calls it. Essential humanity. Yeah, it's hard to say. Either I can choose not to feel or I can choose to seem like I feel when I want to. Whatever. It just kind of means that I'm less present, I guess. So you're just pretending to flirt with me. Or are you deciding that you want to pretend 
like you seem like you're flirting with me. You know, Liv, you shouldn't tease. It's not many people that I actually tell that I'm not a complete idiot and that I'm not just like a goofy metalhead. I work very hard to not be taken seriously. The least you could do is not turn your words on me the minute I'm honest with you. Aw, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, I said and nudged it with my shoulder. He, le he leaned into me, the feeling of warmth growing. Well, you literally can't hurt my feelings, that's kind of what I meant. But, I can say this, I do like being a flirt. I'm starting to get worried about our relationship. Oh, do we have a relationship now? I'm thinking about it. Okay, 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 so why are you worried? I I'm kind of worried that it'll become like a game for me to make you actually angry. Well, if it means having a relationship, I think that's a sacrifice I'm willing to take. So wait, does does that mean you are my girlfriend now? Nah, I'm pretty sure this means that I'm a succubus and you're like my thrall. I'm pretty sure I'm actually enthralling you. Okay, well, I'm definitely the tempter in this relationship, let's face it. I have the magnetic personality. I'm the mysterious one. As I looked, it seemed like he was his old self again. He was smiling and seemed to be maybe a bit dopey, but also full of mischief. At some point, the leaning closer to each other became an embrace. As we locked eyes, I stood on my toes, leaned closer, and pressed a kiss, pressed a kiss slowly onto Nick's cocky smile, then whispered in his ear, Nope, I'm definitely the succubus in this relationship. End of chapter. So I will say we spoke very briefly before we started, and so we're like, oh yeah, like I think I went a little bit overboard with the dialogue, and I wanted to add like three more pages. And I'm not saying you did, but I'm saying I know what you mean. I understand why you were worried because you definitely <laughs> heavy dialogue, very well. Heavy. So and no, yeah. let me finish. Not that that's a bad thing. I don't know what's going to happen next chapter, but I do like these scenes in stories, books, movies, whatever, that kind of calm before the storm, that kind of like sit down and like have a conversation around a campfire or whatever during a walk before the um, rising action happens. And I, I appreciate what you did, but yeah, I definitely see what why you were like, oh my gosh, I went way too overboard. <laughs> so here's, here's the structural kind of like, question slash issue that I'm dealing with. So this is definitely that like, right. The, I maybe have two, three chapters left. It's like next chapter there in hell, right? Like mm -hmm. in the, in the action of the, the last conflict of trying to kill Satan, right? That's going to be like a lot. Um, so this definitely was meant to be like a chance to like both establish kind of the stakes of that from an emotional level and also kind of, yeah, it's like a quiet time for people to talk and reflect yeah. on what's going on, right? So it's yeah. um, Liv and Nick actually, like, establishing that they're in a relationship. Um, <gasps> Scandalous. Rachel, right. <laughs> Rachel talking to Liv about, like, you know, you're not just going, you're not just going to see bad things that you get to punch. You're going to realize that you are those things that you are punching. Like, yeah. that's going to be, you're going to be face to face. Not in a memory, not in someone saying it about you. You're going to see what you did to people down there, you know, and you're going to have to square that in your own mind. You're not going to ever be able to, like, put that out of your mind again. Right. Um, so the conversation that I wanted to have was one way more focusing on Leonard. Um, but one, it feels a little bit forced to have, like, everyone have their scene with her now. So that's not exactly what I wanted it to be as, like, um, just, You're just establishing what's going on. just becoming an anime writer if you do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and it's, like, kind of. It's, like, okay, Liv is the main character, and, like, Rachel is her friend. Nick is her love interest. They're going to have, like, they're going to want to both each have, like, a moment with her before they, like, 
literally go into hell. So, sure. The thing that I wanted to establish with Leonard was I would almost... I'm kind of thinking I might... Add a chapter. I want to add... Yeah. Huh? Add a chapter. Add add it. You can do it. Do it. Well, it's not even that I want it to be a whole chapter because I don't think it needs to be because it's just Leonard basically going on this walk as well in his perspective and maybe a conversation with him and somebody else. Write it from um, his perspective. Like, do it. Yeah, I think what it might be is that next week I might have like a very short Leonard chunk that does not fit well into a full chapter because it that's doesn't fine. need to be a full chapter. Do- yeah, that's um, fine, though. That It's your story, man. Make it your story. But that's kind of what I didn't, because it's like, it either needs to be dialogue, but I don't know who that's, I don't think it would be dialogue with another person, because I don't think that he, like, maybe that's there, Um, but then, aside, but then that's kind of what last chapter was, so it's like, I don't know, there's like more meat that I need to put in there about Leonard, I feel like, at this point, and I just, it didn't fit well into this chapter, and it also, this chapter just became like, if... Liv and Leonard sat down and had a heart to heart. That would just feel like too clump. That's just like too on the nose, you know. Yeah, like, like I, I don't said, know. it's exactly how anime is written, where everybody has to have a conversation with the main character before he like fights the demon lord. Right. Yeah. Which feels like I don't know. I, maybe what this is is literally I have not written a lot of stories and I'm not that good at it yet. And there is a more Fine. organic way to sprinkle this in. Um, so that's structurally what I'm dealing with right now. But this, there might be a retcon, not like of story, but of something with Leonard next. Well, you can do the Um, thing that like some books do is like show the same scene, but from someone else's perspective and have what he's thinking, have who he talks to during that same scene. Yeah, I might do something like that. I have some ideas, um, about it. Well, you got, you got a week or two to think about it, so... Yeah, but that that's what I felt. That's what I wanted to add to this chapter. But yeah, I mean, I know that my dialogue goes faster, but generally I'm shooting for like, if it's a description heavy chapter, I'm looking for like six ish, seven ish pages. If it's a. Oh, your descriptions are much shorter than mine because if it's a description. Well, no. If it's a description heavy thing, I do five pages or less. No, no, no. I'm saying. If if I have a lot of descriptions but still dialogue, I'm shooting for six ish pages. Oh, but if, if it's, it's a lot of dialogue. If it's just dialogue like seven to eight, if I had yeah. put in the Leonard chapter, it was going to be like pushing 10, 11. And I'm like, that's too much yeah. and it fits weird. So I think it'll be something next week. But um, OK, yeah. So other than that, though, how'd you how'd you feel about no, the I, I, two real conversations that actually mattered? <laughs> I liked I, I like the conversations that happened. I like I like the thing with Rachel. I, I like that you kind of. um I don't know if the phrase is out yourself, but you kind of like show your hand about being like, oh yeah, this is a forest where it's like, this is like metaphorically accurate right now. So we're going to have a conversation about like the metaphor of like life, death, and hateful, all that stuff. I thought that was, I liked um, how you were kind of coy with that, that, that I, I like that. Um, again, favorite character in this whole story is um, Liv, but second favorite is Fran Drescher. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Bruce. <laughs> no, I, I like how you keep teasing me with the Bruce. Screw you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like that. I, As a person in my personality, I did not like some of the stuff between Nick and Liv, but that's just because I don't like, like, I don't like that type of, like, playful romance stuff when I'm reading too much because I'm a soulless human being. But I also, I like how we kind of saw the two, like, well, she saw the two sides of Nick where, cause we saw yeah, that like yeah, a yeah. couple chapters back when he's talking to Leonard and then he like drops the like playful facade and he's like very stern. So, so, so like, I like that you 
came back to that and reused that kind of thing instead of just leaving that in the air like show the two different sides and show that like she also accepts that part of him which i think is a big big yeah thing i wanted happens. her to know about it yeah. like well, why yeah, it's, it's there and mm-hmm. what it means yeah and, and i and i think you did a good job with that um yeah no i again i like your writing and i i think I, th- I think in the style that you are writing and with the dialogue choices that you are making, that's good for your story. Again, I do wish you could go a little bit harder in description, but we talked about doing a story together. And when we do a story together, I'll cover that, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, because I, I know like a lot of times you are almost devoid of description. And I think to a point that does kind of leave your story lacking in like what the feel is, what like how, because I, I think describing yeah. certain yeah. body language, describing like, as we walked, here's what we saw. Here's the thing. And here's how I felt about it. Like, Oh yeah, we walked, we didn't hear a sound and like, Oh, knowing that's kind of like a quiet or silent, like helps bring up a feeling within someone, but not having any of that kind of makes it a little bit more disconnected sometimes. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, and especially but, like, and, with this but chapter, I think like like the way that you are reading it. I think when you add voices and you add emotion to voices, that helps fill in. But as that's a, a crush, written for sure. text, yeah. not having that kind of does leave it kind of feeling voiceless at times. Yeah, no, I I I think definitely in terms of like I I am adding more with I can choose how I inflect a line. And then I don't have to put like he said sarcastically, he said grumpily, because I'm just doing that with my inflections, yeah. right? And which and that's not necessarily the he said she said thing is not necessarily what I'm talking about. I think like no, no, I, I understand that. Okay, I understand sorry, that. The the environmental stuff, yeah, I I agree with that. Is something that frequently it's just not. It's not what I like to write, and in this one, it was like, well, the the, the point was more of the dialogue yeah. than it was the description. Um. Which then, yeah, next chapter is going to be the opposite because it's the entire descent into hell. I think I, I will say now reading it out loud <laughs> of like I kind of threw in the bit about them walking through a metaphor forest as like a as like a joke. Yeah. And then reading it, I'm like, I actually should have gone harder on that. I agree. Because like I said, I like how you were coy with it. And I, I do agree. If you went a little bit harder, that would have like created like that atmosphere of joke that you're talking about. But like, I, I think that it was good because I think that like having an author point out like the hokiness of what they're writing, I think has always been something where it was like, okay, ha ha ha. That is like, I see. It's like, yes. We are going to have the heavy hand that we need to talk about our emotions in this emotional setting type thing. And I, and I, oh, I even just mean the goofiness of she walked from hell to a town in the Midwest. Oh yeah. And it's like, how, like, well, you, you walk in the most boring way and you get to there. Yes. Like, what? (laughs) That doesn't make sense. Go hard on that stuff. Go, go hard. But I, I, you know, like that's something I wish I had given more time to honestly, now having read it back, I think I could have had more fun with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you you lean. I feel bad, like say, because it's not bad. It's not a bad thing, but I think you lean way too hard on your skill of writing dialogue, and by doing that, you kind oh, of leave that's out not. But yeah, that's yeah, but yeah, but like, <laughs> like but by doing that, you kind of leave out other things you need to focus on. And like I said, like we have, like I do the exact opposite. And I'm like, he, I, I personally think like some of my dialogue is good, but like I do the exact opposite where I do heavily 
lean on what is happening, how it's happening, why it's happening, rather than the dialogue. So, so I think, again, we do plan to write a story together at some point. I think we are going to truly see, like, the com combination of our two skills create something beautiful. And then we're going to well, publish it. Screw you, Cody. <laughs> I think maybe it's... Um... Another way to put it would be, like, if I need to get out a bunch of information, I do that through dialogue, never and through And then prose. you also I, like, do it very quick. Yeah, right. Um, whereas, I feel like if you need to get out a bunch of information, you end up doing it in, like, an internal, mm -hmm. like, character thinking to themselves or description of environment, you know? And I think it's just a difference of how we think in the structure of a story, but yeah, no, I, I don't think it's like, well, cause like last chapter, I think I put a lot more into like descriptions of the environment, mm -hmm. but the focus of that was the setting up the scene. Like that's why like yeah. that one was a lot slower and more precise on what was going on in the environments. And this one like really was an excuse to have these basically two yeah. kind of character conversations about how they're feeling. <laughs> so I think it's totally fair to be like, yeah, that needed some meat in between because it did. But then the thing is, I feel clumsy. Like I'm bad. What I think I'm really bad about is weaving it in organically in a way that doesn't feel weird to me. I also feel like that knowing way with certain things, but yeah. There, I, Because I, I like get into a flow of the dialogue and then I don't want to stop and be like, the trees swayed or whatever, so, but you kind of have to do that. And that's something I struggle so, with. So here's that's the thing. I, I talked about this with um, my co-host or side characters, Leah, my dear friend, is here. here's what you both need to do is you both read a ton. You listen to a lot of audiobooks. You, you like not don't just like do this, but also don't just like um, – Focus on the story. Like when you're reading and listening to stuff, see how these people who are writing these things weave that in. Everybody has a different style, but like start to absorb that as you read. So like, cause I, cause I know you're a type who go, you go through stories real fast, but yeah, like as you're listening, well, pay attention to how they're writing and structuring different scenes, both in environmental ways and also the language well, dialogue, like, like pay attention to that. And I think that's what's going to help you kind of develop what you want to do as your own style a little bit more. Because like you are developing your own style. You're developing it really well. But I think not mimicking others, but like learning the parts of the, that make up the stories that you like might help you in creating your own dialogue. Uh, sorry, creating your own well, stories. A thing that I like about doing this type of thing is, oh, that was a sentence, but, <laughs> you know, you you learn from, like, seeing where the gaps are, yeah. right? Because, like, okay, I can write a, like, sentence that I, like, whatever, the but sounds cool. there are things, yes. right, but then there are, like, larger mechanical issues almost that it's, like, structurally, I feel like it was clumsy to have these two scenes back to back, right? But I need both these scenes in it, and it's like, I'm... It's more about learning good, larger structure for how to string scenes together is difficult to do. And it's like, well, it's something you don't think about when you're like actively when you're listening to a novel. And I think similarly with how to like break up dialogue and description and prose in an organic feeling way, I think has a similar problem where it's like you hear that and it sounds effortless, which means the person's doing it is really good, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it, and, and like, that's you know, saying. you listen think, to think, someone do it and it's like, oh, that's not hard. And then you try to do it. And it's like, this is really, yeah. really freaking hard. And that's what I'm saying. Like kind of take the time to like pay attention 
to how the people who are doing it well do it. And I, I, I think that's also something that kind of I've been focusing on. Cause so, um, thing I'm doing in my own life is I, I have been focusing on playing my guitars more, focusing on music because I've had this dream since I was a kid of starting my own band. And I know for a fact my band's not going to be good, but what I've been doing is when I listen to music and also watch things live and like watching other people, either music videos or um, like open mics that I've gone to and stuff like that, I've been watching and seeing how they play. And that's also helping me develop my own skills because like when I talked to you earlier about like how to do a barcode, that thing that I told you about is like, um, lying your finger, um, turning your finger so that you're hitting it on the bony side rather than the fatty side. That's something I both learned by watching a video where someone's like talking about like technique and then also noticing when I was watching an open mic is like how the guy lays his fingers across the fretboard. So I think that we can, gains like not mimicking others but gain skill by paying attention to how people who are good at the things that we like do it so i don't know it's just i, I don't i don't have any like more i i'm like yeah basically everyone is a copycat of a copycat of a copycat it's 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 synthesis not originality <laughs> well yeah i but i know that some people sit there's like oh i don't want to just mimic other people it's like if you see it as mimicry then you're just like negging yourself don't see it as mimicry see as it learning a skill that others also have had to learn as a skill and like in general just like knowledge is passed down and i feel like we should continue yeah, you're to not going to come up learn with that stuff knowledge that is passed down and it's not mimicking it's taking knowledge from absorbing the knowledge from those around us and sorry i've talked way too long about something that like you already agree with me on um no, also no, no. i mean it's we kind of it's forget that i still need to do my story and this is the first time that just on cody's story we got to almost an hour so <laughs> oh shoot yeah yeah because you, you you read a little bit longer and also we talked about yours like in depth rather than what we i thought i was short too nah. like honestly when i was reading it i was like oh i'm gonna be really short this is way less than i thought it was. no you're not <laughs> short you were about a five foot ten so anyways <laughs> 511 511 dang yeah, it anyways um so my did, did i tell you the funny story about this real quick this is a tangent. yes the cody go okay cool no did i tell oh, you no this i don't know already? just tell me oh okay so how tall do you think i am actually like if you had to guess you're about my i'm making fun of you this is the funny you're thing about my height which is 510 511 we're about the same height 510 511 would you would you describe either of us as short no so my wife yes for a while, like to jokingly call me a short king, right? You're not. And at short first, king I thought it was a joke. Refers to someone who's like five six or below. <laughs> That's what I thought, right? And so then I like asked her. I'm like, wait, how tall do you think? Do you like? Do you actually think I'm short? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not. And she's like, we well, definitely are. It's okay, but you are short. I'm like, I'm by definition not right. And I was like, how tall do you think I am? And did you say five six? She said five six. <laughs> Also, I'm like, I will say slightly I am sure, five inches taller than in slightly that. her defense. I just looked it up. Short King refers to five eight and below, so we're not that much taller, but we aren't short kings. I'm still not that. Yeah, we're not. But yeah, no, you are. You also are not five. So how tall does she think she is? I think she said she thought she was like five five, uh, which she also is not. But then that means you're an inch taller than her, which I know you're more than that. <laughs> So I measured myself and she was wrong and now I tease her about uh, it because I think that, it's that, cute. That's hilarious though. <laughs> I love you. It's a cute story.
Oh, I thought... <laughs> you know, it wasn't like you said you thought also, I was for, ugly because I was for... short. You're like, you're short, and I love you, and I think you're hot. Okay, stop. Like, stop being cute. Hey, you. stop being cute. Stop also being cute. Short. Stop being cute. I also think it was quite hilarious how she just threw something at you. Yeah, that's that's a... It's easy because yeah. we both wear headphones, so sometimes you Yeah, and it's easy because you are directly across from each other. <laughs> so it's easy. It's easy target. Anyways, Cody, it's my time to tell a story. Um, this is going to be a long episode. Um... But yeah, so this is kind of the falling action after the climax of killing the monster last week. And yeah. Real quick, do your characters kiss? No. Were you expecting them to? I told you this is yes, gonna, I told you this yes, is gonna be a whole time. I told you this is gonna be a series, so why would I have them kiss in the first book? Because I'm upset. I grew up watching shows like uh, Bones, where they don't kiss until like season eight. Those shows suck. I know. (laughs) Okay, so this is chapter 21. I'm doing this in two parts. And then next. I can't believe they don't kiss. I'm doing this in two parts. And then the um, final chapter, I'll try to do in one go. But this is chapter 21, The Man on Fire. Said it was the falling action? (laughs) Yeah, and also it's funny because. since I'm splitting this two parts, we're not going to get to the part about the man on fire, which is hilarious. <laughs> so I should call this chapter 21, part one in the hospital. <laughs> Ch- chapter whatever. Cock tease. <laughs> Ch- chapter, chapter one. I'm going to tease you till you get right up in there and then I'm going to walk away. Uh, edging. <laughs> Ch- okay, guys. Um, so here is chapter 21 edging which is definitely (laughs) the name of this episode give me a second to write that down so i don't forget (laughs) oh my gosh uh on this like podcast that i like falsely say is like non-explicit i'm gonna call it episode edging (laughs) (laughs) okay chapter 21 the man and now i'm getting all snotty and like my voice is gonna sound weird so sorry you should be sorry by the way i agree with that yeah yeah yeah, whatever. Chapter 21, edging. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about edging. Thinking about now it. I'm thinking about distracted. it. Yeah, now, now Cody, Cody's all hot and bothered because he's thinking about me edging him through this chapter. That's weird. <laughs> um, okay, anyways, I'm sorry, guys, for that horrible image I just gave you. Nate passed out on our walk back to the car, and then we fiercely made out the end. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Don't don't give me false hope. <laughs> Nate passes. I need to just re- we're going way too long on this episode. Sorry. Nate passed out on our walk back to the car. Whether it was from blood loss, pain, the medicine, or all of the above, they eventually or went edging. God, Cody, come on, we're not gonna get through this. Whether it was from, <laughs> I hate you so much. We might just have to say this for next episode. That's a joke. Whether it was from blood loss, <laughs> stop. Whether it was for blood loss, pain, the medicine, or all of the above, they eventually went limp and stopped moving. I tried not to panic, but given the situation, I immediately freaked out. I needed to get them to the hospital. They would be able to handle everything there. Sarah was going to be pissed that one of us ended up getting hurt again. That didn't matter. We were going to have to face that head-on regardless. Her anger wouldn't stop her ability to help us. I had only wished we had gone to the hospital first rather than taking our sweet time tracking the anomaly. As I trudged through a mostly unlit path, I held Nate in my arms like they were an infant. And then we fiercely made out. (laughs) They were lighter than I had expected, though that was probably the adrenaline talking. (laughs) When we made it to my car, I struggled to lay Nate down in the back seat without disturbing them too much. 
Their heartbeat was present but shallow, and that made me panic even more. I called into the no-name hospital so they would be ready to take us as soon as we got there. Luckily, or maybe unluckily, Sarah got moved to the night shift. I knew this meant Nate was going to get the proper care. It's not that I didn't trust the other no-name staff, it was more that knowing someone on the inside made it so that I knew what to expect. Sarah put her all into her job, making sure that everyone who crossed her path got the best care. The drive back to the hospital was nerve-wracking, to say the least. Every bump, every hard curve, every quick stop made me worry that Nate's wounds were going to reopen and things would get much worse. Somehow everything remained steady, and finally, after what felt like a years-long drive, I pulled into the hospital parking lot. I moved Nate out of my car as carefully as I put them in. This time, I felt them stir in my arms, which helped calm down my heart rate. Sarah was waiting for us with the gurney at the entrance. She looked upset with tears in her eyes, but she stayed quiet and professional. I was told to wait in the lobby while Sarah and the doctor on duty would see what they could do for Nate. Before going further back in the hospital, Sarah stopped, turned towards me, and said in a gentle but stern tone, Don't worry, Danny. It's going to be alright. I sat in the lobby and could feel every second pass by. It felt cold and detached as if I weren't really experiencing any of this. My senses were alert and heightened to the point where I could hear every tick of the clock that sat across from me. All of it sounded like taunting, like a little voice telling me I had failed my friend. Time crawled at a snail's pace to the point where I had begun to fear that an anomaly had frozen me in place. Eventually, the automatic doors at the front entrance slid open and Eli walked through. He looked disheveled with his usual tie missing, his collar undone and messy, and his sleeves pushed up rather than rolled. His eyes were red as if he had been crying, and he ran a shaky hand through his thick black hair. When he saw me, he gave me a sheepishly nervous look. I tried to walk over to meet him, but he hurried over to where I had gotten up from, awkwardly leaving me standing in front of my chair. "'How are they?' Eli asked nervously without any pretext. I barely let him finish before starting my own reply. "'I don't know. They haven't gotten me any word yet.' "'Is that a good thing or, or a bad thing?' He fired back quickly. I don't know. Honestly, right now, I know about as much as you do, I said back. I could tell Eli was at a breaking point. Nothing I could do right now would fix that. How were they when they went in? He asked, getting increasingly frantic. They were unconscious and pretty binged up, but Sarah said that their vitals were relatively stable. That's all I got, I responded. The sentence seemed to put Eli at ease. He threw his head back and ran his fingers through his hair again. Do you know how long this- No, Eli! I cut him off before he could finish his sentence. He looked at me with wildly frantic eyes. I don't know anything else. I'm as worried as you are. He, his eyes teared up. He looked as if he were going to break down crying. I'm sorry. Th this is all my fault, he said through choked breaths. I didn't understand how dangerous this all was. I pushed you both when I didn't need to. I didn't help you get the resources you needed, and the whole thing fell apart. This was supposed to be an easy job. Alistair could have handled all of this with his eyes closed. I got too cocky. I thought I could take the next step and show him and everyone else I could rise up to every opportunity, but I keep messing this up, he said, tears falling from his eyes. Right then and there, I pitied him. The pressure he had been under to perform his job perfectly became real to me. He hadn't risen up as Alistair's right-hand man by accident. No, he had clawed his way to the top by being the best. This pressure reminded me of how I grew up, the constant expectation to be the best. 
Eli had to constantly make the right decisions, say the right things, and handle jobs with precision and efficiency. He was simply walking in the shadow of someone who had been doing his job flawlessly for years, and that drove him to be anxious and stressed at every turn. Here and now, I understood him. I knew exactly what it felt like to be expected to be perfect, even if that expectation was brought on by oneself. I grabbed him by the shoulders and looked him in the eyes. Look, this whole assignment was a mess from the start to finish. It's not one person's fault. We all contributed to the shit show. Truthfully, things could have been better. We could have all done better. Regardless, we're going to pull through okay. If you keep acting like this, it's going to feel like you've given up hope. Despite the bullshit, Nate wouldn't want you to give up that easily. So hope that things will get better and we will get the chance to be better in the future. I said with as much energy and confidence as I could muster. Eli was still a mess, but he seemed to have calmed down a little bit with the full assault of my words. I wish I had the chance to tell him I'm sorry, he said weakly. I let go of him and motioned him motion for him to take a deep breath. He seemed so tense like he would implode on himself if he didn't breathe. Well then, I guess you have to hope they pull through, I responded. Waiting and hoping seems meaningless right now, Eli said back defeated. There honestly isn't anything you can do right now. Being here isn't going to make things better. Not for you, not for me, and not for Nate. You're just going to panic more if you are here. Me being here is enough. I will relay anything important to you. For now, I think you should go home, rest, get your mind off things. And then tomorrow when things are better, reach out to Nate. Just take a break, man. I didn't mean to sound harsh, but I meant everything I had said. If he stayed here, it would only lead him, lead to him beating himself up inside. That wasn't productive for anyone right now. I was worried and feeling guilty about Nate too, but we didn't have to feed off of each other's misery. Eli let out a deep breath and turned to and tried to recompose himself. You're right. I'm going to go get air then go home. Let me know if anything changes and I'll be back if I need to be. Will do. Remember to breathe, okay? I said to him as gently as I could. I'll try, he said dully and turned to walk out the hospital, giving a slight wave over his shoulder. Eli looked a lot better than when he entered, though that wasn't saying much as he was still a bit of a mess. I could tell things were still eating him up inside and would continue to eat him, eat at him for a while. He would be okay in the long run. We all would. I had to keep holding on to that hope. It was hard. Hope was fleeting when I didn't even know what was going on back there or how bad the damage was. For all I knew, Nate could have pierced an organ or two. Worst case scenarios flashed through my head at lightning speeds. I needed to relax, so I sat back down in the chair and slumped down to the most comfortable position. Eventually, a nurse came out and gave me a shirt to change into because I still had some of Nate's blood and dried reanima on me. I went to the bathroom to clean up and took a long look at myself in the mirror. I had to ask myself, was it really going to be alright or was I simply pretending? I wanted to blame myself like Eli had done, though I knew that would only lead to nothing. There was no point in going down that road right now. I knew Nate wouldn't want that for me. I forced myself out of the bitter contemplation and went back to the lobby to sit down. Really, the only thing I could do to distract myself was to play free games on my phone. Even with that distraction, time crawled on. Finally, a text notification flashed across my screen, interrupting my colorful game of bugs and bubbles. Why are you laughing at me? 
Oh God, Cody's dying, guys. It's like it's the worst day of your life, and it's like, well, I'm not paying seven ninety nine for a mobile game, so. <laughs> but like, really, Phil. The thing is, I had been in the situation, and it was like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to play these freemium games. Crap. <laughs> Time for bugs and bubbles. Yep. Finally, a text notification flashed across my screen and brought to my colorful game. Those few, sim- those few simple lines melted my anxiety. Nate is all stitched up. We had to flush their system, but they are fine. Come on back. They are going to need some help getting home. I wanted to cheer with joy, but I decided to keep my composure, knowing that if Nate saw me celebrate, they would hit me with a snarky comment. A huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. Nate was going to be okay. I texted Eli a simple, Nate is okay, to help ease his mind as well. I didn't necessarily want to have a full conversation with him over it. There was a small part of me that held on to my anger at him for completely leaving us to fend for ourselves. Regardless, we were in this together. He deserved a text to clear things up. The desk clerk waved me by as I walked back to where Nate and Sarah were. I was headed back down the long hallway where we met Jane a day ago. A day ago, meaning like three months ago when I read that chapter, probably closer to five. <laughs> it felt like years had passed since that moment. A right? Freaking ironic line that I've written. <laughs> I took a quick glance as I passed the room where she had stayed and then stopped dead in my tracks. Jane? I called out, surprised to see her still in her room, casually sitting cross legged, legged on the hospital bed, head tilted upwards, staring at the TV in the corner of the room. Yo, she said, looking towards me with a slight smile. She threw a quick sideways peace sign with her hand. What's going on? I thought you were supposed to be released this morning. I was confused. Were there more complications with the reanima? Oh, yeah, about that. She paused for a second and her smile turned into a melancholic frown. My mom got busy today, so she couldn't pick me up. Nurse Sarah said it wasn't safe for me to walk home, so I stayed here all day. I think everyone pretty much forgot about me other than Miss Sarah, though. She kept checking in and brought me things to do. She even said she would give me a ride home when she was done with her shift. Do you know when your mom would be able to pick you up? I asked, concerned. Not really. Things are never too certain with her. Jane looked down and sighed heavily. Are you sure everything's alright? I'm not trying to get into your business. I want to make sure you're okay. I was worried about the kid. It really seemed like she didn't have anyone on her side. It's nothing big or anything. She gets busy and thinks I'm old enough to handle myself. Plus, a dad was never something I had to worry about, so I kind of figured things out on my own, Jane said, all this with a shrug. It was tough that the kid had to be her own parent. Even though things were always strange at home for me, at the very least, my parents took care of me. I didn't really know if the situation with Jane was something I should step in and say something about or leave her to deal with it on her own. Things were probably more complicated than she let on. Well, do you want to ride home? I offered. Wow, really? Are you serious? She asked excitedly. Yeah, I wouldn't have offered if I wasn't serious. It was the least I could do for the kid after they had been cooped up in the hospital all weekend. I remember when I was a kid, every weekend counted, even though I wasn't going out with friends or anything. I, it had to have sucked to do nothing all weekend but sit in a hospital and stare at a TV. Awesome, thanks. I was really starting to worry that everyone here forgot about me, like I had turned into a ghost or something. She was beaming, probably glad to finally get out of here. 
Hey, jury's still out on the ghost thing. You never know with my line of work, I joked, and Jane stuck out her tongue. Okay, well, you can hold tight here. I gotta go get my partner. They were pretty banged up and are probably going to need a ride home, too. Once we have everything together, we can head out, okay? Oh, yeah. How did everything go? Is your partner, um, uh, Nate, I said, filling in the name for her. Is your partner Nate okay? Jane asked. I didn't want to scare her or make her feel guilty, but I felt like lying and covering up how things went wasn't my job this time. Jane needed someone to treat her like a human being, and lying would have been the opposite of that. Well, to be honest, things got a little bit hairy. We found where the monster came from, but unfortunately it grew again, and we had to face it with force. Nate got pretty hurt, but they are better now. Sarah said they are all fixed up, so there's nothing to worry about. I said, condensing the story as much as I could. That sounds like a lot. Nurse Sarah is an angel, though, so I'm sure your partner is doing fine. Were you able to stop the monster? Jane asked, wide-eyed. Well, we got it. And made sure that another one couldn't be made. Not gonna lie, the whole event was pretty scary. I froze up when things got rough, but Nate, Nate was on top of everything. I owe them for making it out of this one unscathed, I said back. Wow. It's seriously like I woke up in a movie. Thanks for taking care of that thing, and I'm sorry you guys got hurt. I wish I could say it's not my fault, but it kind of is, she said back. It's no problem, and it's definitely not your fault, I said, trying to reassure her. We would have had to take care of the anomaly regardless of who found it. It's our job, and all of this is part of the job, even the scary parts. I realized I was trying to convince myself as well. I had to learn to accept it all as it came. Not everything was going to be an easy, breezy assignment. Thanks, but are you okay? She asked. I'll be fine. I gotta go see how Nate's doing. Then I'll be right back. Hang tight, okay? I said, turning to leave. Okay. Thanks again, Danny. Unexpectedly, a voice called from down the hallway. Wow, already found a replacement for me. Too bad I'm not dead. I poked my head out of the door to see Nate being pushed down the hallway in a wheelchair. Sarah was smoothly driving the chair with an anxious but frustrated look on her face. Holy shit, you're paralyzed? I almost yelled out of fear and concern. What? No. Sarah thinks I'm too high off the antidote to walk. I mean, she's absolutely <laughs> right, but that doesn't make being rolled around less humiliating. I almost had to strap them to the chair. It took a bit, but we finally got something figured out, Sarah said, letting on an exasperated sigh. That explained the look across her face. Nate probably gave her hell all night. After I almost smashed my face on the ground a few times, I decided it was time to listen, Nate said matter-of-factly, while Jane laughed in the back. Other than the nausea, things are good? I asked. We got Nate all stitched up. The wounds weren't too deep, but they were pretty messy, so it required a lot of stitches. It was a hard job, but I've, but I've had my fair share of practice, so we made it through. Nate's sides will be extremely sore tomorrow, so we gave them some painkillers to help manage. We had to flush the medicine, as Jeremy called it, out of their system, because they were only making the symptoms of nausea and fatigue worse. Nate will be wobbly for a bit, but it should be... Nate will be wobbly for a bit, but it should clear up in the morning after a good night's rest. Even though Sarah sounded annoyed with Nate, I could tell she was relieved as I was...
as relieved as I was that Nate wasn't in worse shapes. That's what the head doctor prescribes. Rests, water, and painkillers. They shouldn't drive for 48 hours, and I don't think they should do any extraneous activities for a full 72 to be safe. Hey, I already got all of that info. Why are you telling him? Nate gestured towards me with her thumb. Because I know he's actually going to listen to me, Sarah snapped back quickly. The two's bickering made them seem like close siblings. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, I get it, Nate said, then wheeled past me into Jane's room towards her bed. What are you still doing here, Squirt? Nate asked. It's almost like they're drunk, I whispered to Sarah. This is much better than ten minutes ago. Flushing out their system helped calm them down a bit. They'll probably level out soon and fall asleep on the drive home. Make sure they get home and actually rest. Nate has always been the type to bounce uh, to try to bounce back immediately. Sarah whispered back as Nate and Jane were occupied in their own conversation. I got everything covered. You doing okay? I asked. Yeah, working a double sucks, and on top of that, it's been a busy night. It's been hard not to be on edge. Sorry I wasn't able to take Jane home or anything. It's not fair she's had to stay here all day. Seems like a good kid, Sarah said back, looking towards Jane and Nate. It's all right. I'll get her home safely. Hopefully everything there is okay. I said back, still using a hushed stone. I didn't see any signs of abuse. Seems like a struggling single mother who's trying to make ends meet. Hopefully that's all it is. Alistair is going to have someone follow up without setting off any alarm bells, so don't worry too much about it. Sarah said back with a sad shrug. Anyways, I got a ton of stuff to work on. Take care, okay? She said, flashing a gentle smile and walking away. It's all good. Now I have some pretty cool battle scars to add to the collection. I heard Nate say as I re-entered the room in the conversation. They have been filling Jane in on our adventure, upholding the promise we made early, earlier. Hey, sorry about that. Anyways, I offered Jane a ride home, so she's going to have to come with us if that's okay. I said to Nate, trying my best not to interrupt. That's all good. I'm struggling to stay awake anyway, so I'll probably fall asleep on the ride. You can drop me off last, because I know you want to do your due diligence and make sure I get in bed. Nate said. I couldn't tell if they were slurring the words or I was imagining things. Jane started gathering her stuff off the bed and putting it into her backpack. It would probably be only a quick detour to get her home. I was ready to get some sleep myself, but being chauffeur came first. You guys ready to go? I asked, sounding like a chaperone on a school trip. Ready whenever you are, boss, Nate slurred cheerily. And that is my chapter. Sorry, it was a bit long. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't honestly feel like it was long. I was. Uh, I was enjoying it. Yeah, um, more dialogue heavy than normal. I was gonna say, yeah, you you definitely had a dialogue heavy chapter. So we were just talking about that. Not yeah, right. The case. <laughs> no, I really liked your dialogue though. Oh, honestly, I, I I really have like no negative things to say about that chapter, which like is good and bad. That it's like, oh well, <laughs> what I have to say about it is nothing. Hey man, I'm but, I'm glad uh, that there's not like huge critiques. No, definitely not. Um, it's just um, what was I gonna? S- Sorry, let me put my mic back in front of my face. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, so okay, there was something I laughed at besides the mobile game. Yeah, thing. you did. Oh, there was like a couple times you inadvertently did alliteration that made me chuckle. Oh. So if you saw me chuckle a couple times, that was there was a couple of those. Um, 
No, I, I honestly really enjoyed the chapter because there were points where I thought you were going to just describe stuff and then you did dialogue. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like I could hear myself in my head going like I would write that as a conversation. Then you wrote it out as a conversation. And I was like, you got it. <laughs> Basically, I have the opposite critique you had for mine in that I don't have that critique. <laughs> yeah, no, I and that that's the thing is like I. I mean, look, I wrote this long story. There's, like, definitely some expositional stuff that needs to get fixed. But, like, as I was writing, I was kind of learning a little bit more. And um, it, it was one of those things where this chapter is, like, more so realizing, like, yeah, I need to kind of, like, like show, don't tell. Like, having them, like, talk through it rather than be like, and then this happened, and then this happened. And I, I was trying a little bit harder with that. But there was also, like, a couple things that I wanted to completely – sorry the cat's messing with my headphones there was a couple of no, things that i wanted to like leave like completely as like here are other things that are happening in the background but we don't get to get the full perspective because this is a scene from a certain character's perspective and he's not the one doing it so like i had said before that like eli had it wasn't able to give them the resources they needed to to fight this monster and you kind of can pick up on that when like sarah says she's super busy at the hospital and stuff like that i kind of want to just leave it at okay this character is busy but we're not going to explain why because like that care the character who's seeing this isn't the one who's experiencing it he's only experiencing certain parts from his own view so i wanted to kind of be a little bit more forward with doing that this time rather than the last few times. No, I, I like, really ah. liked that because I, I noticed that there was some stuff like, like uh, I think it's, is it, is Eli like their supervisor, yeah, he, like their immediate boss? Yeah, he's he, he's like their manager, basically. Like he's the case handler. Well, he's the one who like kind of guides them through like each thing and like make sure all this. Right, happens. I just like, wanted to make sure I got yeah, the name right. So he's manager, yeah. I like, I sometimes I think I forget that you're writing this as a series because Eli feels underwritten, but for a series in a good way. Like, it always feels like I'm not getting enough of what's going on with Eli, you know, in that he's like, there's clearly tension and friction and the story's almost over. And I'm like, I still don't freaking know what's up with Eli. Yeah. But that's like an interesting dynamic that can be explored later on down the line to kind of have this internal person that they have friction with. Yeah, that's kind of so I like him as a character. Um, it's just funny that I have to like sometimes remind myself like, yeah, this is a longer series. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't just a one shot. So like Eli being like this character that they're going to clash with throughout is it's going to happen more. So yeah. And I, and I, I don't know. Right. And cause like, I kind of like created this, like, like, cause in the next like little novel thing that I write, there's going to be a little bit more exposition of how like the comp like, well, how no name is run, not really a company, I guess. But like the fact that like Alistair is, not just like their like head boss, but like he is the boss of no name for the country and the world and him. Well, and I think that's maybe a little bit what throws me off. Cause I remember from, and this is like a long time ago. So I'm remembering, yeah. you know, like a vague memory here, but like, I remember Alistair as a character and like, there was definitely like that part of me. That's like, Oh, I kind of like what's, where's that character, you know? And then there's like this new one. Um, Eli, what's yeah. his name? Eli, Eli, who feels like, Alistair Light, but again, it's like that. I feel like is a dynamic that's going to be explained more later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely something I'm going to explore. Like, it's not just going to get like caught up there. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy writing this chapter. We got one more half of this, and then one more full chapter, and then the story's done. That's that's my novel length story that I wrote. <laughs> 
I think I will probably have three more. So I'll probably have one that. Yeah. And like I said, I, I have like another. Short story uh, yeah, I, have a, I have a short story already prepared. It's a little long, but like, that's fine. Yeah, that can just be a longer episode. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's it's, it's nine pages of my writing, so it's long. <laughs> that is long. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, what I just read was six. <laughs> so, <laughs> But um, yeah, and that one I think is a little bit more dialogue heavy anyways because it's a conversation between two people mostly. But anyways, we don't have to talk about the future yet. Oh, yeah, I remember you telling no, me. Is, I think a little a bit about one. that. I, I got inspired oh, randomly, so um, I wrote a completely different story. <laughs> But yeah, no, oh, I um well. really, really enjoyed writing this, and we're almost done with this thing. I put a year's worth of work into. So yep, this yeah, this, it's gonna be weird to do something else. But I'm like kind of looking forward. Well, yeah, to we ha- we have a couple also. ideas like um writing a story together. The idea I came up with like um doing an I write a story. Sorry, I write a world. You write a world, and then um we do. Then we write in each other's like, well, I write a world, you write a world, we write the characters in kind of the setting, and then we both like write, well, sorry, we don't write the setting, and then we both write like our own stories in it. I botched that so hard. <laughs> I understood, but you yeah, meant. I botched that real bad. Um, but yeah, no, and then yeah, we, we have a couple more ideas. We're gonna do like a little bit of an extended recommendation show after this, but yeah, we're not talking about the future. Cody, what are your plugs? <laughs> oh, uh, check me out at the wandering gamer network wherever you listen to podcasts and at wandering underscore gamers on twitch sometimes when i finally get to start twitch streaming again because that keeps getting delayed why is it getting delayed just work stuff no well thanksgiving because like people were traveling everyone in my family got sick and then it Mm -hmm. was zach and we had a a birthday party for zach and mandy so that was like the day that we normally would have streamed so it's just been a lot of stuff that has kept us from streaming but eventually we'll get back into it and i am excited for that great you love to see it also yeah a solid recommendation from me don't get sick over thanksgiving because everybody in my family got sick with not covid good but it's not covid but yeah sucks that everybody's getting sick everybody man everyone is sick i'm pretty sure it's it's either it's either diana's fault or it's graham's fault (laughs) i don't know which one of them but one of them got us all sick i'm gonna blame diana because she's yeah, she's one who's actually too, gonna yeah. like maybe listen to this and then like we can make fun of. So you know, Diana, how dare you? But also, don't feel bad. I'm actually pretty sure Graham got you sick, yeah, right. so it's okay. Yeah, don't actually feel bad, but like screw you. Um. Anyways, yeah, you can right. check me out at something I guess um at twitch.tv. Something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv where on Wednesdays I stream my anime talk show with my co-host Will. And then you could also check out my other podcast, the Side Characters Podcast, which is about diversity and nerd culture. And that is all. Maybe one day I will be in a band that you could check out my music. <laughs> we're we're gonna keep pushing for that, Cody. I'm gonna keep pushing. Um anyways, guys. Are you gonna keep running up the hill? I'm gonna keep running up that hill. That's the first song I'm gonna cover is run up the hill. Absolutely not. Uh, running up that that mountain. Okay. That's not the Anyways, words. I don't know the we words. Will I don't know why I'm pretending. Yes, we will catch you all at the next Demon's Feast. Bye. It's Demon Feast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess that's how you say bye now. <laughs> oh, it's Demon Feast. Uh.